Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. Still waiting on uh, our wonderful funds to potentially upgrade this system software we have. Hang on. For some reason, my audio has cooked it. There we go. Nope. There we go. How are we, mate? Hey, John. How are we? Yeah, mate. I'm super. Um, you know, seeing green arrows steadily every week. Um, I have burnt the trades, so it's probably going to limit me on trades this week. But I'm sitting pretty ha- happy with where my rank is currently. Yeah, you had a, a nice little green arrow up to 2,353 overall. I was in the other way. Uh, we went from top 500 down to 3882. Uh, obviously, just all my high ceiling attacking guys didn't fire. But for yourself, what sort of uh, what score did you end up on? Who fired? Who misfired? And then obviously, um, yeah, what were you overall like? What was the reason for the green arrow? Was it did you did you captain Hines? Yeah, I did. I was a captain on Hines. I, I held firm on that. There was actually a world where I was going to go Pappenhausen, but I didn't really have a loop, you know, and Moy Messia stung it up, and obviously unfortunate injury as well. But uh, I went straight with Heinz and I stuck to my guns. It worked out being the right choice. It was a really weird week where my two lowest scorers in, in my team were Teddy and Paps. They were the two lowest scorers. So everything else went pretty well. And, you know, I think I've got the team set up with the ones that are scoring well enough and, and have the, the nice negative break even. So it was a good week. And it was, it was as simple as I didn't have too many flashy scores, you know, but it was just that captaincy that I think is one of the biggest things for, to set you apart this year. Uh, yeah, we were basically locked into a Heinz captaincy all week and then just a poor like poor couple of scores from our high ceiling guys. We just wanted to chase the points a little bit. Uh, we ended up changing it to Cleary last minute. Not, not ideal. Watching Hines just tear it up, getting all the unicorn points in the world. I was a very very salty non-captainer, not a not a non-owner, but a non-captainer, um, just so so to speak. But you live and you learn. I reckon this week is a touch harder with captaincy. There's one standout in my mind, that, and he is the the topic of discussion. It's James Tedesco. For, for me, he is the best captaincy option. But can we hold firm on the poor scores? Can we look past the the idea that he hasn't been fantastic? I mean, we'll touch on that as the episode goes on, but Teamless has dropped. There's a couple of, I guess, big things that have, that have came out of, of Teamless. We've got Latrell Mitchell being out for eight weeks. Uh, all systems go for Blake Taft, 210K, fullback, halfback, goal kicker. Uh, ideal, would have loved to, to have some, some stats on him in the finals. If anyone that is intelligent can go find those, that'd be fantastic. But... Yeah, like he's goal kicking now. I think that's a big tick over like last year when Adam Reynolds was in the side. But 210k, it's hard. It's hard. Like with people that own Schneider and people that own two gun fullbacks, like I'd never recommend going away from two gun fullbacks. But like, what do you do? Do you run Schneider and do you run Taft? Do you cut ties with Schneider early? Um, we'll, we'll definitely touch on him when it comes to the most bought in players this week because 
he does feature, surprisingly. Um, Xavier Savage at 14, as a, as a Raiders fan, I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts on this, but the Matt Frawley experiment's been sort of cut. I don't know if I love Savage at 14. I'd rather him just start or not play at all. Like, I don't really know what kind of impact he brings, um, but as a Raiders fan yourself, mate, what, what are you thinking seeing his name in the 14 jersey? Yeah, look, I mean, Ricky is a bizarre coach at times, and I, I really thought that CNK was awful last week. The drop balls, I think he's got a lot of confidence issues under the high ball. And even, you know, last year he was running back, or even in a year before that, running back with a bit more venom. And I really think if you were going to bring Savage in, you just bust him in at fullback. And I probably think that CNK, to me, looks like he, he might have a, you know, a job in the centres or something moving forward in, in his career. Look, I think that last week he did a you know a test to see whether Starling could do the eighty minutes. He did. He wasn't ex- ecstatic, you know, ex- excellent out there. But he's now got the job. It looks like for this week without a hooker on the bench, um, and maybe this is like a little you know curtain raiser or a little bit of a chance for um, Savage to get in there and see what he does. You know, probably come in against the tired forwards. But again, I'm the same as you. I just he's not really a utility. He's a slightly built guy. And I don't, you know, get him in or, or don't play him. What do you think for the Raiders is best moving forward? Dropping Valame, moving CNK to the centres? Because you're not dropping Tomoko. Uh, Rapana's got a spot there. And I think Cartridge brings a lot to bringing the ball outside your own end. So I don't really see where he goes. Um, do you think it's Valame that moves out? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I know that Ricky is happy with the development of Valame. And I've got to be honest, I, I've been absolutely you know, nasty to, to Valame with, uh, over his career, just that he's too raw and too mistake-filled. But he's actually got better this year, I'll admit. Um, I think if they were going to bring Savage in, they'd make a decision and it'd have to be Valame. Yeah, no, I, I am in the same agreement. Uh, Payne Haas gets a week. Uh, there was fears that he would get two. Um, if it was two, I reckon you and I would have a nice long debate about the strategies, whether we hold or sell, but... <laughs> One week, it's it's just a hold. Um, Josh King's doing great. Max King's doing fine. So you just cop that for the one week, and we move on from there. Uh, Tuatau Kula named at the expense of Morgan Harper, who was out with COVID. Now, what kind of a security does he have? Um, because I think the 30-6 to six win last week was the worst thing that could have happened to his stocks um, because I was hoping for a Newcastle win. I would have got a perfect 8 from 8 in the tipping, and you'd think Dez would have made some changes. But Garrett looked fine at fullback, but Cooler is the real deal. Like The one that would move out would be Tupelotti, and Garrett could just go back mm. to the wing. Is this a one-week play, or, or basically is it like his sort of chance to win the jersey, or do you think it's just cursed either way for him? Well, I mean, he was very good in his in the first game there in the centres. I think if he goes out and puts in a solid effort this week, I think that Morgan Harper has got to be under threat. I know he's out with COVID, but he hasn't been setting the world alight. Um, Tupelodo, or I, I think he's another one who might be, you know, a chance to go out as well. So it's not guaranteed that we get cooler, but I think if he plays well this week, he's going to give himself every chance to hold. I think they were they were favouring cooler over. Tupelotto or whatever yeah. in, until the uh, the twinge. So uh, I'd hope that that would be the long-term you know, play for him. Yeah, we'll touch on his sort of stocks when we come to the most bought and sold this week. But right centre, nowhere near as ideal as fullback or left wing. And, and we'll cover that shortly. Uh, another one I've got here, Will Penasini named on the left wing. Fantastic. I don't really see Bally Simonson moving over. He looks like a, a specialist right winger for Parramatta. And whoever is in that left wing spot is just keeping it warm until Sevo comes back. 
Parramatta have just been decimated. So who knows what's going to happen. But yeah, all systems go for Will Panasini. If people were worried about his productivity moving forward, I think him on the left wing is fine. He might lose a couple of points in tackles, but the upside that he scores some points in the wing is just far too much to, to consider giving up on him. And the last sort of teamless Tuesday point I had, Jermaine Snow brown drops out of the Cowboys side uh, in, extent, in, in replacing him is Cohen Hess. Uh, not a whole lot of fancy news there. Do you have anything else from the teams that have dropped? Have we sort of covered everything? Um, look, I think uh, a cheapie that I've seen in a few teams was that McDonald from the Melbourne Storm, and he's down to the reserves with Wishart going on to the bench. That slightly worries me for Harry Grant, um, but nothing else really. Moy Messia is out, obviously, with that arm injury. So if you're like me, he was the biggest danger in AE-wise in my team. So I'm, you know, I have a real shot at the VC this week. Um, and that was pretty much it for me from the from the team lists. For the fact that he's lost like 40K, it's a positive that he hasn't been named, even though he's not going to make the money back. Uh, he is more yeah. beneficial to your team not in it than, than what he is in it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I was talking to Aman on Sunday in the reaction podcast, and I said if there was a candidate for someone to go under 100,000, uh, if it was possible, it would have been him because, yeah, three points, four points, five points off the bench week in, week out is, yeah, oh. just killing owners, and, and you're one of them. Yeah, mate, one of the worst decisions I've made in Supercoach, but... You know, you live and learn. Exactly. He's out now, yeah. so he's not an AE nightmare. Exactly. And uh, one of the worst decisions I could be making is is my trades. And it it focuses around the most sold player this week in James Tedesco. Now, this has been the, the debate across social media, across forums, across every podcast under the sun. 6% of teams have sold him so far. Now, mm. the Roosters look very ordinary. Joey Manu looks exceptional. He is playing both sides of the field. Sam Walker, Luke Keery, they haven't combined fantastically. Teddy's coming off the back of that, obviously, off-season surgery. In hindsight, all things point to a like, no, no, don't buy Teddy. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, though. But for the, I say for the ones that bought, basically everyone did buy. We're sitting here, for me, this isn't a rage trade. This is a, a trade that I'm thinking out, but... I do have David Fafita in the back of my mind after trading him out last week. I do have Sam Walker in the back of my mind after trading him out last week. I don't know what to do here. The the mm. only move that makes sense to me is moving to Ilias uh, to is, is moving to Taff via Nico Hines. That's for me personally, and that can wait a week. His break even I think is one hundred and two. They play some bottom feeder. I would have to go have a look. They play the Warriors. They could towel them up, but I feel like we've been saying they could, they could, they could, but the Roosters basically all season and it hasn't come about. Oh, I don't know what to, what to make of this. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's going to have to be team dependent because I've had a lot of questions come through to the socials. Can I, I'll get rid of Teddy and bring Taff in at fullback. What do you think of that, Ada? When I say to them, I'm not about cheap in the fullback position. So if that's your move and you've got to go cheap in the fullback position, I'm totally against it. But if you're doing something like bringing a high standing, you've still basically got yourself two gun fullbacks and then you might have at least on your, you know, your, your main halfback and 5'8", a gun as well. I can understand why people are doing it. You know, the old saying, don't ever trade a gun and all of that sort of stuff. Well, look, Teddy's average is 58. 58. And, you know, Dylan Edwards and Will Kennedy are averaging more than him this year. But like you said, it's a nervous watch um, watching anyone like Teddy. So I'm going to hold, but that's because I am trade poor. Um, You know, I think it's got to be team dependent and do not go cheap in the fullback position. 
No, I agree. Two gun fullbacks minimum. For me, I'm very fortunate in the fact that right now I have Pappenhausen, Tedesco, Cleary, and Hines. So I would be trading out Tedesco for uh, Taff, moving uh, moving Nico down and starting, um, what's his name? Nico, Nathan Cleary. So for me, it's feasible, and I would be looking at bringing in a couple others that we will touch on, and, and you will. Since since you don't have any trades planned this week, we will spend a bit more time dissecting the options that I have at the end. Um, but sure. yeah, I am. I'm losing sleep over this because I feel like it's one of those things that like could make or break you severely. Um, the last time I had a gut feel about trading Teddy was when Kiri went down last year. Uh, I was called I was called a madman, but he went on to be really poor for the next six to seven weeks with no Kiri. Uh, picked it up at the back end of the season, but. I don't know, like, if Joey Manu wasn't playing as well as he was, I wouldn't be as keen, but the fact that, like, he's looking really good and he's touching the ball more and more, they're not using Teddy at the back as much uh, on that right-hand side, so that's that's the thing that, that worries me. I think Costa from the Searching for Corey Parker podcast was pumping up Manu all preseason, and we didn't really see it the first two or three weeks, but, boy, like, the last couple of weeks, so he's looked dangerous. He's looking... Um, Manu is, is reminding me similar of how uh, Penrith used Matt Burton last year. So rather than having that, that sweep out the back, Bur- uh, Burton was just that ball player. It looks like Manu's doing the same thing on the right. Yeah, I mean, Manu is an absolute superstar, you know, and they were, he was wasted just being played as a conventional centre. And it, it seems like Robbo's too smart, isn't he? So he's using him now in, in a way that's made Manu so much more relevant. And when he can be such, when he can roam and do a little bit more, you know, this stuff that he's doing in this uh, team, you know, it is coming away from Teddy a bit. Um, when do we ever see 20s and 30s for, te- for Teddy? How long? It's not an injury game. It's bizarre. You know, and and so I can understand people's thought process, and that's that's it's going to be a risk, but I understand it. Uh, so yeah, number one, I'm very undecided. On number two, I am pretty keen on selling, and it's Jeremiah and I uh, a break even of seventy nine, three scores under forty, one score yep. above sixty, and that was with three tries. Very rocks or yeah. diamonds. He's done his job though. Uh, One hundred and thirty k, I think he's made. So we can't turn a nose up at him, but for me, it's a, it's a sell. Yeah, I mean, he got to his end very quickly. That's that's the facts of it. He's too his base is too low, uh, but he's made some money, and you can move him on now to a better player who's going to score you better points. But I would be all for a sell, you know, now with him. Ethan Bullimore, the time in the sun for him is over. Owners did not get the benefits they wanted. I think you and I, we touched on Ethan Bullimore last week. He featured in the top 10, and I think our thoughts are very much the same. His time is over. Uh, number yep. f- the, the, the fourth most traded out person this week, and this baffles me, is Xavier Coates. Yep. Surely, if you bought him, you knew what you were getting yourself into. I bought him. I knew what I was getting. Hey, I was the biggest shit talker on Xavier Coates all preseason, and I still bought him. Like, you know what you're getting yourself into. Like, people weren't selling Alex Johnson last year, so I don't know why you'd be selling Xavier Coates. Yeah, it's 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 baffling to me. I just think, you know, it's a knee-jerk response to that low score. He's been scoring very well this year, and I think that Melbourne at home this week, you could probably expect a try out of him. When you get no tries out of him, it's going to be a low score. It's the facts of a player like Coates, but what's he going to, how's he going to hurt you? You know, you keep him in there. I think he's still got money to make and I wouldn't be, you know, his success rate is pretty good for scoring this year. You had one low one. Don't panic. Yeah. Break even of 75. I think if I'm right in saying he comes up against Sifatalakai's edge and Sifatalakai for as good as he is with the ball is a turnstile on defense. So I would not be selling selling just yet. Um, yeah. He's break even 35. So it's still very, very achievable. Uh, number five, Luke Keery. 
is I've put in brackets here. Is he the biggest super coach flop of the year after five rounds? I think he, he's averaging 33 points a game or something, uh, coming off the back of a 75-point outlier last year. Yeah, I mean, I think people just saw those three games and they got so excited about what he could do this year. But he's traditionally always been a yo-yo. And I think that he reflects the way that the Roosters are playing a bit this year. I wouldn't have brought him in to start the year. I wouldn't have held him this long. And it makes total sense to me to to, to move him on. Um, his value is dropping, isn't it? So I don't know who you get him to, but um, you get him out. My, uh, my like preseason tip for Dalian. My favorite was Ryan Pappenhausen, but like my dark horse, my smoky was Luke Keary. Oh boy. Not, oh, not I'll tell you good. what, Pappenhausen's a good chance when he gets two votes for the stats he got. Oh, he last did week. Not, Harry, he had like 35 run meters. He got two votes. Oh goodness me. It's a farce. Oh uh, yes. Uh, number six, Dominic Young. He's injured for at least three weeks. Uh, pretty obvious sell there. Uh, Tino Fasul Malawi has had one score above 60 without a try. Uh, the rest of them have been pretty poor. People were hoping for this like big captaincy uh, increase in minutes. I was one of them. Like all preseason, I was looking at being like, oh, like is he just going to get like another six, seven minutes because he's captain? But no. Yeah, and I mean the Titans haven't quite been as good as we'd hoped or that we thought they would be. And you know, at the moment, you you look at someone like a Lolo who's been high sixties the last couple of weeks. I could see him sort of getting better every week. It's talk of big minutes for him again this week. That's someone who I'd much prefer to own. You know, yeah. so I'm, I understand yeah. it definitely. Uh, on Twitter on Monday, I posted is Peter Hiku the biggest supercoach troll of all time? Scores of sixty six and what seventy four or something. Obviously, everyone bought him for round three, uh, and then he's had a thirty four three round average, uh, but does have a fifty break even, so it is manageable. But what are we doing with Hiku? I think like he might be on the path to losing all the money that he made, like the 60, 70K that he made. Are we selling Hiku? Mm. Or like, surely if you're selling Hiku, you've got a really gun squad, or, or is it just a case of you, you've got to get rid of him? Yeah, I mean, I cut and run straight away, you know, because I, I, I got the money that he made and then I sort of realized that I made a mistake. And sometimes in Supercoach, we don't realize and we're too stubborn about our mistakes. And look, I don't think he's the worst player in the world. It's going to be playing Canberra um, this week. We've been going outstandingly this year. And also, you know, people were hoping for Billy Smith this week and they didn't get in. They're hoping for Violia or they were, you know, so maybe, you know, your team's doing really well and it's, you're happy to trade him. If you are and your team is still good and your center wing is fine, then go for it. Uh, someone's just put in the live chat, Hiku for Taff. That'd be some pretty sick jewels. And yeah, I would definitely, maybe someone like, uh, if you owned Kurt Mann, Lachlan, Ilias, and Hiku, you could move Kurt Mann down to center wing, Ilias down to 5 eighth, and bring in Taff for your halfback. Um, yeah, I like yep. so, so, something like that screams to, to my mind. You bank a little bit of cash there and move on. Um, number nine is Latrell Mitchell. A lot of people, I didn't realize how many people jumped on him last week as like a, as a pod player. I don't hate it because the draw they had was fantastic. And, would he have like 20 points after 10 minutes? He was looking looking good, and then the injury happened. He's up eight weeks. We've touched on Blake Taff already, but yeah, the trail line it has to has to sting a little bit. Yeah, it does. I mean, you, you're probably zagging to people's zig. They're going a trail in, in the fullback position, and their draw looked sensational. He hasn't been scoring too badly either, but you know, he's out, and you just you have to move on. And Reed Marnie. Shout out to Tim Moody, whose hairdresser uh, put him on to, to, to Reed Money in the preseason because he was training the house down apparently. Uh, I, mm. I crapped on Reed Money all year, all preseason. I said, nah, nah, nah. And then in the final hours, I went from Mitch Moses up to Sam Walker and I had to find 40K and I went from Harry Grant down to Reed Money. 
what could have been if we kept the original plan in having Mitch Moses and Harry Grant, but <laughs> not good. Reed Marnie with Mitch Rain on the bench. Reed Marnie without Mitch Rain on the bench was a sell, but the fact that there's another hooker there uh, has to has to be sold for mine. Yeah, I mean, if it's not Cook or Grant, you know, and and deputies being Randall and Starling, I just that's not for me in, in in the nine. It was a position that frustrated me last year, and he's not scoring enough to even run with those two big boys. No, not at all. So yeah, definitely a sell from mine. Moving on to the fun part, the buys. This is where the trends are happening, where people are going. Are we surprised to see Blake Taff number one, or was that expected for you? Considering he's not getting a price rise until next week, remember that. Yeah, it's a big one. I think uh, I think we're getting some rage trades of Teddy, and I had a look who he's been traded out for, and Teddy's in there. So I think I think, think Teddy's the number one, isn't he? Yeah, it's madness for me to for you to trade out Teddy and go to Taff. Uh, it's and it is jumping the gun. I mean, look, last year when he played eighty minute games, it was forty nine, it was twenty five, it was forty seven. So I mean, I know that's a very short sample size, but. He's he's not a he's not a dynamic fullback that's going to score you a hundred, um, and I just think if you're going to go cheap, if you're going to use him, you've got to get him into the halfback, isn't it? Where yeah, that was him. that was something I wanted to raise. You said selling Teddy for Taff is ridiculous. Just a caveat: you mean obviously just putting him at fullback without? Is that what? Yeah, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. no fullback for him. Yeah, it has to be has to be half for mine, um, and that's where if you have Nico, it's a godsend because you can move him down. Um, but Blake Taft, two hundred and ten k goal kicking fullback. Those stats you read out obviously would have been affected because Adam Reynolds was there. If Souths fire, we know they can score six, seven tries. But conservatively, what are we saying? Sixteen points in goal kicking. So what's that? Four goals a game. He could go up to yeah. a 60, 65 average, and at two hundred and ten k, that's like Schneider territory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see it. I'd probably just get a look at him this week personally if it was if if it was my team, but you know, I just as long as it's done responsibly. If you're responsibly Tra- trade responsibly. Uh number yeah. number two is I think he was number one last week until it's cooler. Named at the center this week and this is what I've put here. What is the security of him like? And we've already touched on this a little bit with Morgan Harper. Uh I feel like if he has somewhat of a better than par game, then it'd be Tupelo that comes out, Garrick just goes to the wing and yeah, Cooler goes to fullback because we saw that he looked Decent when he came in and played the the short time that he did two weeks ago. Yeah, it's going to be you know one of those ones where you're not a hundred percent sure, and he could just go back out of that team. But you know, it's not a huge investment, and and people are doing it because they're downgrading someone, building some cash so they can upgrade someone else. So you know, bring him in; he's a playable option probably this week as well. So shout out to everyone that traded Tony Stags out for Cool last week. Uh, unlucky. Oh. I have a I have a follower I have a follower on Twitter who sent me his trades. He boosted, so he traded out Stags to Cooler, knowing full well that Cooler was out for a week. Um, he moved Gutho out for Pappenhausen, and yeah. I think he traded out Sam Walker for Nathan Cleary. Well, uh, he's probably deleted team by now. I'd say <laughs> just brutal <laughs> trade. Like all three of those trades just fisted. They were very similar to mine, actually. I went, I uh, I took out for Feeder and Walker and brought in Talakai and some other bum that did nothing. Um, Number three, Brody Jones. This is, I think, last week is a better representation of what we can get from Brody Jones rather than the first week. First week, first week back from COVID injuries, whatever. Thirty-four, not great. Last week, forty-seven in a side that was just run off the park. Uh, Average fifty point five last year when he started in the in the back row. 
Uh, I yeah, I think there's 100k potential there, and that that warrants the trade for me. It's the last week you can get him uh, 275k for a 80 minute back rower. Uh, Nanai to Jones seems the most popular move in my mind. Yeah, I can see people getting Nanai off to to Jones banking a bit of cash and you expect that, you know, he's going to go up in price. What I will say to people who are bringing in Brody Jones this week is that there is talk that Fitzy is not far away and he will just walk straight back into that second row. Oh, I'd really hope not. Not even from a super coach point, but just from an NRL point, like Jones ain't great, but Fitz is just awful. Um, they love him. They, they love do. Him, yeah. They do. Uh, I th- gee, he must be superhuman because I think the reports were around 10 originally. So, I don't know. I still think it's worth it running the gauntlet um, on Jones. Does he become an AE nightmare? That's the, that's the problem. So, I don't know. It's tough. I think you'd have to get a better representation of, of Fitz's injury because we know Barnett, Barnett's set in stone. Yeah, maybe just weeks. Google it and have a look at what they're saying an ETA is. But, you know, I understand people getting rid of Nani down to Jones. You'll get 80 minutes this week and, you know, you should go up uh, in price. Number four, Mitch Moses. Now, I've put in here, I'm sure this is a bracket to... Uh, sorry, I'm sure this is a stepping stone to Cleary. I don't particularly hate the move, um, but, like, who are you trading him out for? Like, I don't really see an obvious sell unless people are doing Teddy out, Hines down, Moses in. That's the only reasonable trade that I can think of to warrant bringing him in because no one at halfback is really underperforming as much to, to trade him out. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I did Brown last week because I saw him as a stepping t- stone up to Cleary. I understand why people are doing it. He's still got a negative break even. It's minus 25, Jesus, but he's 655K. So yeah. So much money. But yeah, Parramatta are just looking looking lethal. Like For everything that the Roosters are looking like, Parramatta are just looking like the opposite. So Moses, Gold yeah, King. Yeah, they start a year really well, the years. Yes, they, 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 can, they can be April uh, premiers. Number, number five, Joey Manu, looking very, very involved. He's roaming. It's killing Teddy, but it's great for Supercoach owners. Are we loving buying Joey Manu? Um, I, think the, I think the talk last week was Tupo or Manu. I'm much more of a base man. I prefer the safe 40 with the upside, but Manu, if he's getting his hands on the ball as much as he is, like the attacking stats are just there for him week in, week out. Yeah, he's pretty expensive now because he's been going so well, and I feel very jealous of those people that's that got him. You know, I Manu to me when he's playing in centre traditionally, but there was all that talk that he was going to be doing roaming, and we didn't really believe it. But he's in there, and he's doing it. He's making money. He's still got that negative break even. He's going to play the round thirteen buy, and he's going to be the fullback. So the people who own Manu are rubbing their hands together and. FOMO is going to make people buy him. And if I was one, if I didn't want to save trades, I'd be very tempted to get Manu in. And, you know, I love Tupu as well for the base, but Manu is looking like, you know, a world beater this year. I don't think I could ever buy Manu just because every time I have, it's never worked out for me. And every time I've faded him, he's always killed me. So it's just one of those things where I can never get it right. Yeah, I've never Manu. got him. I've never got him. Uh, I mean, I've got him in my team, but I've never got him on a good run. Yeah. And I, I'd missed him last year when he had those games where he was at fullback and then into the onto the wing and stuff. And, you know, I, kick, I was kicking myself then as well. But I think that for this year, he's just been great. And people who have got him are loving it. Number six, Harry Grant. Now, the concern is Wishart here, but I th- realistically think Wishart takes 10 minutes off him. We saw this in round two, I think, when Grant came back. Wishart played the last 10 minutes when the Storm had the game wrapped up. He's still the best hooker yep. in my mind. He's killing it. Um, although I I am favoring another hooker over, over Grant, just 
for money, and you know who I'm talking about. I'm sure everyone knows who I'm talking about. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on him soon enough, but yeah, it's very, very hard to argue. Grant is not a legitimate buy. He's just so scary to watch week in, week out. He gets half a chance to run the foot in, he takes it. Yeah, and you have these players in you just you know, when you're building your team and you or you you're picking your team for the week and putting your reserves on. You just look up there and you see Harry Grant in there, and you're like, no worries. There's an eighty, lock it in. He's just so reliable, and I don't, I'm not too worried about Wishart on the bench. Nor am I. Number seven, Isaiah Papali'i. The dual position that he has is perfect. He's probably the second best front rower behind Payne Haas. He's probably the best second front, second run, second run throw forward, if I can speak. Second row forward behind David Fafita, like long term. He's the second best player in two positions that can be hard to nail on. He's a premium price, and we worried about him. I think we all called him a trap in the preseason, but he is just delivering. The emergence of Makahiti Makatoa has made that middle role basically non-existent because you've got a guy coming off the, the bench that can fill that void. It looks like Brown is loving playing Matto at 13. So, I mean, Makahiti Makatoa has been the saviour for Isaiah Papali'i, and I'm very, very tempted. I'm very scared not to own as well. Yeah, I, I concur. I want... You know, Hass and IPAP in the front row. That's how I want to finish my year. His value is huge in the front row. He costs a fortune in at the moment for someone that you're going to pick in front row. 721K. He's got to be 72. So it's not all that essential for you this week. But I'm seeing people trading out Hass to IPAP. Yeah, you know, a one-week play, and that. you're probably going to want to get Hass back into your team. I don't know if I like that. Um, but I do understand the absolute desire for people to get IPAP in. I want him too. Can you imagine having Haas, IPAP, and then like Lolo as your as your bench front row forward or even Arrow? Like it's yeah. just yeah, it's it's yeah. it's great. Like IPAP is just killing it, and he's a guy that I'm definitely looking at targeting. Uh, number eight, yep. really really interesting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Interesting one here. A guy that is continually named on the bench, a guy that is going to cost us 450k, but I don't care. It's Ruben Cotter, the third highest front averaging hooker. He's just got to get 50 minutes because his PPM is just insane. The, the problem that I had with Cotter in the preseason was the bloke can't stay on the park. I think in four years, he played back-to-back-to-back games twice in four years, which is not good. But his PPM is mm. off the charts. 50 minutes a game, he's just a, a bloke that just goes hunting for work. Um, he is Max King with better minutes. It's, just an, it's, it's, a, it's a gross price to pay, but he's available to hooker. I'm really tempted by Ruben Cotter. Yeah. I mean, last week I was tempted by him. I'm probably going to give him a skip now, but he's scoring okay. 62, 55, 71, 430. If you were a Nanai owner, you know, Cotter's one of those ones that's got the better base. He's an absolute weapon when he's on there. Looked great last week. Uh, I don't mind the matchup there for him this week. And he's one of those ones that gets good minutes even if he's off the bench. So I'm I'm going to green light it. I, I'm really – I've liked what I've seen. The problem, the weird thing is the Cowboys bench is kind of awkward a little bit. They've got Hess McLean, which is the, the traditional front row pairing. It looks like Jermaine Tour Brown has been injured, cut, dropped, whatever. Uh, then you've got uh, Granville, you've got Lukey, 
and I think there's someone that's there's another uh, middle forward that is um, no, it's, it's just it's not with me right now. So Lolo, sixty minutes a game thereabouts. Hess, forty five. McLean forty. Like there's. It's going to be tight with minutes, but if you can get them, it's just it's a slam dunk pick for mine. If you have Reed and can't make the money work to a Cook or Grant, I don't hate going down to Cotter either. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that he's in, in the pecking order. He's got to be moving up because they look so much better when he's on the field. You know, they just legitimately look fantastic compared to when he's not on the field. So, no, I think he's going to be good. I think you'll still get 50-plus minutes bench or starting, and you can go for it. Number uh, number nine on the on the list is uh, Talon May. Don't know why people don't own him, but if you don't buy him, there's still plenty of cash to be made here. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know why you haven't bought. Yeah, that's my comment. Why the hell didn't you buy him last week? He made is that the record any players ever made in a price rise? Hundred fifty yeah, something ridiculous. Um, so on just on the on the thing, someone in the chat has put uh, it was Lem Luello who named it at the at the seventeen. So he's yeah, traditionally a centre, more of a, and then mm. Peyton tried tried him in the back row a little bit, which is a weird yeah. weird bench makeup because they've got two back rowers in Lukey and Lemuelli and uh, Granville at fourteen. So it's just Cotter in the, on the bench. So that's got that's got to be big minutes, surely. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're yeah, all, so just, we're just, all aboard, Cotter. Just affirms our, our Cotter love uh, all aboard. Um, yeah, Talamade, not much more to say. Just buy him if you don't have him. And yep. number 10, I've put here King. I can't remember which one it is, but I've put in the brackets Ship's Shaled. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm talking about Josh King because I hate that man yep. right now. Yeah, it is Josh King. 455K now. The BE is 20. So we're starting to get the end of his BE. We know Coach loves him. And people are probably, you know, I don't know what people's front row setup is, but if you lose Hass out of there and you've gone a cheap second front rower, maybe, um, yeah, and you didn't own uh, King, people are like, well, I need a playable option this week. Uh, yeah, I just think, you know, I prefer someone like Lolo now, and he's probably 500K, isn't he? But, you know, I think you should have got King when he was cheaper. Yeah, I'm definitely not buying Josh King at 454K. Um, just without yeah, the attack, man, he's so bad. Like he's so like at at two hundred at two hundred and fifty k, the forties are perfectly fine. But at four hundred and fifty k, if he doesn't get any attack, he is bad. Yep, yep, yep. I'm happy to to sell. Let's make sure I've got these sound bites right. Cause I can't remember which ones are programmed. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. I'm glad I got that one right. Uh, captains this week. I have a plethora of them, but there's a couple that stand out to me. I've got Cleary, yep. May, and Tago all as VC options. I've got DCE and Grant as VC options. I've got Pappenhausen, Munster, Hines, Teddy, Moses, Brown, Gutho, all as captains. Now, I'll run you back those matchups just so people can understand why I've picked them. Uh, So, to start with, we had Cleary VC against the Broncos, May VC and uh, Tago. So, all against the Broncos in, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're playing at Penrith, they're playing at Bluebet, yeah, so Penrith. Then I've got DCE against the Titans. The Titans can leak some points. Um, I wouldn't be confident enough to put the C on anyone in this Storm Sharks game. I don't know how to analyze this for Supercoach. I, I don't really know where this sits. That's why I've put Grant as a VC. I think Pap and, Pap and Munster have the better ceiling, so you could take a gamble on those for the Cs, but I don't know if I love it. Teddy, this is why I'm so hesitant to sell Teddy. For, for mine, he is my clear-cut captain choice this week. He is the guy that I will be captaining if I do not sell. Against the Warriors at the SCG, 2 o'clock game on a Sunday, 
That's a weird... Two o'clock game. So, we're a little bit earlier this week. I'm assuming that's for Easter. Oh, and we have a Monday game this week as well. Goodness. Uh, okay, sorry. Uh, and Moses Brown got, though, the Parramatta Big Three, all captaincies against the Tigers. Yeah, I I probably concur. I think there's some good VCs in the South's game. That's a soft matchup for them. So if you're somebody that went Cook, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Cook. And if you're really ballsy, you could go Cody Walker for a VC, thinking that he might bounce back. People are just like burning, you know, from bringing him in last week for that whole awful score. I like VCs in the Panthers game, obviously, Cleary, Targo, May. I don't mind. I think this week with Moy Messier out, it could be a VC on Paps for me. I think he's a, a different animal when they play at Melbourne. You know, in Melbourne, he, he's a he's a weapon. Also, <laughs> there for Fida is coming up against Brad Parker and Kieran Foran. <laughs> so Jesus, yeah. So this, I think there's a few that you could take a stab at. I don't know how confident I feel, especially after the head knock last week about going sh- a captain on Paps. If you do VC Paps, just realise that you're going to then you know, knock yourself out from that great option in Teddy uh, as the captain. So you, if you've got a monster or something with that ceiling type player, if you wanted to take a tickle on a Melbourne player, um, go for it. I've also pegged um, you know, some of the Eels players for a captain. If you wanted to VC um, a Paps uh, in Moses, you know, Dylan Brown, you know, if you wanted a safe one, you can go IPAP as well. The Tigers are so bad. You could probably captain Bryce Cartwright and get some green arrows this week. Like they're just, they're <laughs> yeah. just terrible. Uh, all right, hot takes for me last week did not do well. Uh, I predicted Teddy to outscore Pap. Yeah. Yep. I predicted Latrell to be the top scoring fullback. <laughs> that went well. And I think uh-huh. I had Adam Reynolds under forty points, and he got a try assist like very late in the game, which kind of killed that. So live and learn. Uh, I can't remember what you wrote. Do you have yours written down, or do you remember them? No, I don't. No, nah, all good. I think I said Fafita will turn up. You did. I think. I think I remember that. Hey, updates were very kind to you. Yeah, the updates were very kind. Cost me a couple of head-to-heads, those 30s. But I did crunch the numbers. I knew that he was owed points. And yeah, I, I think I they, knew there was a line break assist and yeah, stuff in there. Pe- so I, I was expecting it. People were people were up in arms. But, yeah, I think there was a, definitely a line break assist missed. And, obviously, these kind of high-ceiling offloading, tackle-breaking back rowers, they tend yeah. to miss a couple of the tackle busts and stuff. So I'm not too fussed about that. I'm just I'm just dirty on Talakai not getting the try assist for the, the Heinz TA. I'm also dirty that Yo. Yeah. I'm, I'm dirty that Yo got the TA uh, for the thing that Cleary set up as well. But yeah, you live and you learn. Yeah, well, I was dirty on the one uh, that they gave to Cook for the big line break, and and you know they cost. Uh, who's the guy at the center? They're Graham. Oh yes, he, was, he had Graham. a bit of work to do, and he got the pass off. It wasn't, it wasn't a catch and pass, and they gave it to Cook just because of the big line break. So no, I didn't agree with that. That, one that, that struck my ego because I think you and I on the podcast last week said that. Um, go by Cook over Grant. I think Cook outscored him, which was nice. Um, speaking of, what a segue. Um, in my hot take this week, I've got Cook to outscore Grant yet again. Um, I just, yeah, just a better matchup for mine. Uh, Moses to disappoint with an under 50-point game against the Tigers. I don't know why, but like the Tigers haven't been awful defensively in saying that they just let Nico Hines score 120-odd points, so... Who knows? Well, people are saying unicorns on him too. Oh, he is he is the new unicorn king. So get on. Hey, me and Aman said this as well. Like, it's all well and good to bitch and moan about these unicorn points, but you just got to get on them. Like, just realize that this is what's happening and buy the player. Yeah. So, yep, 100%. And the last one, this might be hopeful, but Cleary to finally find form explode for 100 points. He went close to scoring like three tries last week. He was taking the line on well and like was a, a blade of grass away from having a hat trick. 
Yeah, he is one that is he he's starting to look very good, and it's only been one game since that first sort of dusty old start. He's looking really good. He's he features in my hot takes as well this week. I've got him down for a hundred plus this oh. week. I've got Cody bouncing back with a seventy-five plus this week, and it's a good matchup. I've got Cook tunning up oh. this week. Music to my ears. Yeah, I, I love uh, what I see from Cook. And that's the thing. People have asked me, they're like, oh, who, who do you go out of Cook or Grant? And I say, well, I'm a Grant owner and I couldn't be any happier. But I answer them in a way that says, if, if I didn't own either of them right now, I would buy Cook. Yeah, I, I said the, the exact same thing on Twitter. I said, how, how much of a hot take is it to say that if you had to buy a premium hooker right now, because I do, I would lean towards Cook over Grant. For the 80K that you save, for the draw... Um, yeah, I mean, Grant's had five try assists in three games and averages 85. In the last three games, Cook averages 75 and has had one try assist and is making 50 tackles a game, whereas Grant's making 33. Obviously, Grant is just phenomenal with his attack, but how much can we rely on it? But then again, the Storm have a, an also pretty wonderful matchup as well. I'm leaning towards Cook, but yeah, yeah it's it's... Split and we years, always say over the over the years that if Cook runs, he's got that super coach friendly. He's one of those hookers that can get tons, you know, yeah. good good tons. And I think he's looking like that this year. So I like him. Uh, I've got Fafita um, under sixty. I think we're going to return to normal with Fafita. He's done his you know big run. He wait another three weeks before he does another big run. And I think that they're going to. I think teams are aiming up against him. Uh, you know, last week that just came from nowhere, and we know David Fafita can do that. It's just too few and far between. I think he'll be back to 60 below this week. Hey, he, uh, he just said, you know what? If you're not going to give me a good ball, I'm just going to make it for myself. And I was crying very hard uh, when yeah, I saw him I mean, make that run. That's the thing. He, uh, that was the worst-looking 100 I've ever seen because for 80, 80% of the game, he looked disinterested like we've seen all year, lazy. He looked to be controlled quite well. I still doubt that he even got the try. I didn't see any footage on the old replays that he got a he got it down. Do you think the bunker? Do you think the bunker may have captained him as well? Yeah. Oh, oh, anyway, it's in the books now. He got a ton. Congratulations to those that held, and I sold him, so I'm real salty. Oh yeah, me too, my man. Me too. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. Well, this is very boring. What are your trades this week? <laughs> yeah, it is boring. I'm doing none. Uh, I've burnt you know, boosts and I'm down to 31 trades. I've set myself up to get into the 2000s. Obviously, in the old rank, I've got money makers in my team. No trades this week. I was tempted to rage trade Teddy, bring Hines down, um, you know, but the only person I'd be interested in getting in is is um, Nathan Cleary. So I'm going to hold fire. I think Teddy's going to score well this week. And he might even get that BE. So I'm just going to hold fire and uh, start to show some discipline. I have to do it now. And and that was what I've been saying to people in my socials that have been asking me questions. Why are you trading so hard? I'm like, because I have self-control and I can learn to save. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So my trades, and this is like, you've got none. So I've got a couple of options on the table. I was, if if the money would have worked, I would have just gone Randall to Cook and then I to Jones. But I'm like 20K short of that. So that's not ideal. I've got three options, and one of them revolves trading Teddy. I've alluded to it all episode, and I don't know if I should do it. But the first trade on the menu that we've got is Starling to Grant. Nanai to Jones leaves me nothing in the bank. Nanai to Jones is a factor in basically all these trades apart from the last one because that's kind of what I'm locked into. So basically, Starling to Grant, don't love it because Grant's top dollar, and I would have preferred Cook, but if I've got the money, I'm just going to get Grant. 
Trade two, Randall to Cotter, Nana to Jones. This is what I was... I, I think this is what I'm leaning towards the most. Just getting in Cotter, getting in Jones, having 163k in the bank. Um, still got a crap front row forward. Cotter plays the first buy as well. He does, he does. Still got a crap front row forward. Um, in I'm playing Max King. I'd love to get Lolo up there to partner Jairo. Uh, but I can't be upset with Max King this week because it looks like a lot of people will have to play him anyway, so I'm not losing anything there. Yeah. Trade three. This is the one that is the most interesting for us to dissect. Randall out, Cook in. Nenai out, Isaiah Papali'i in. Tedesco out, Taff in, moving Hines down. This gives me Arrow, Lolo, IPAP, basically as my revolving door front row forwards in time. I get a stud hooker in Cook. I keep Hines. I keep Cleary. I keep Dylan Brown. I keep Pappenhausen. But it's a third trade boost bombed in six weeks. And I'd probably have to start pumping the brakes on trades a bit. I was good for the first three weeks. But after this, I'd probably have to pump it down. Um, the only trade I'd, I'd look to be making is maybe Jermaine Tanua Brown out for someone to get the to get uh, my front row forward up. Oh, I could probably do Jermaine Tanua Brown out for um, Brody Jones if the money was there via Lolo. But I don't know. I'm leaning towards two and three. Yeah, look, the thing about three that you've got to understand is obviously it's aggressive. You're using a boost. You are trading out a gun, a proven gun in Teddy. We've obviously expecting that he's going to come good, but look at those ins, you know, I want to get IPAP in and I just, I've burnt too many and I would be pulling the trigger. Even if it was a boost, if I'd showed a little bit more discipline at the start of the year, Uh, I like cook uh, for this run. So I think it's between two and three, uh, Definitely for mine. It just depends whether you want to go conservative. I think after last week you had a bit of a drop in the old rankings, and I think that's just a tad, you know, just a tad. Just a casual four thousand spots down or some crap. Jeez. I think that 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 option three makes your position to of play this week very strong. Yeah, I guess it it capitalizes on the hearth owners as well. Um, I guess I could get a leg up there, but then like, it's just the Teddy factor, man. Like that's the thing. And that's literally what this whole podcast comes down to. It's, it's the Teddy factor. And you've said it's so team dependent. I don't know, man. I, yeah. I don't know. It's, I'm literally pulling, pulling hairs out, working out. Cause like, I just know, like we just know, don't we? Like we keep Teddy, he scores 30, we trade him out and he gets 180. Like it's just, oh, I don't know. But I, yeah, I, it's I, I, I crashed yeah. over for a double against the Tigers. <laughs> I think he's going to crash over for a try soon. And look, you're not uh, putting, you're not, you're not costing yourself. You're not going to have to play a cheapie in your in your uh, halves, and you're going to have Nico, who's probably going to score as well. So he's scoring better than Teddy to start the year. He's got a tough matchup or two coming up, but you're still staying. You're staying gun heavy in the fullback yeah. position, and you've got your guns set up in the halves. You're just capitalizing on Taff, who we think, yeah, but the goal kicking could average 60. So I don't think any of the moves are stupid, except there's just that one big risk, which is selling Teddy. Plenty and of, sorry, pl- takes courage. Plenty of people in the in the chat here are saying that, that Randall still has a break even of two. So why would I sell? I just preferred um, Starling moving forward. Like I just think Starling. He has the better ceiling, is the better player, has the better super coach game. For for mine, the trades come down to Teddy and Randall versus Cook and IPAP. I think that's how it works out. Yeah, Teddy and Randall versus Cook and IPAP. And yeah. for mine, like it's it's not a yeah. It's just a, the the yeah, only cr- thing the only the only thing is is like 
is the captaincy. Like if Teddy had, if Teddy, not sorry, if if one of the other guys, if Pappenhausen, if Cleary played later in the round, or if um, Hines had a better matchup, I'd pull the trigger on this trade. But the only reason I'm putting I'm putting off by it is because of the Teddy factor, and then I can wait. I can if I really want to trade Teddy, I can do it next week. Like I can just bring yeah. it in for through Taft next week when there's no price rate price rises and changes. Yeah, that would be the smart. That would be the sensible move, I guess. But I'm I'm going to VC Paps into you know a Dylan Brown captain. <laughs> That's what I want to do. So you could you could VC Paps. He plays exceptional in Melbourne. Yeah, if I, animal, if I did if I did trade two, which is the um, Cotter and uh, Jones one, I would be VCing Cleary into a Tedesco captain. Um, but I would still be VCing. I'd probably VC Cleary into yeah into a Pappenhausen C. I think that works. They play after each other. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably just VC Cleary into a into a captain. I don't know. Even in this, like, let's say let's discuss this quickly before we wrap up for the podcast and we'll answer some, some questions on the YouTube. What for Cleary, for Cleary owners, for me, is that if you own Cleary, he's the standout VC option. What are you taking with all these other premiums having kind of gross matchups? 120? 110? Yeah, I think so. Um, we haven't seen the hundreds. You know, we had that one Paps, which came off, and we had Hines last week with, what, it was 114. So I think you're locking. You're definitely locking 120. If, yeah. if you've got it, especially now where, you know, AEs, if you lose, if you drop someone like Moy Messia off, and it always comes down to what your AE is. But if your AE is now scoring 20s and 30s, you take 120 any day of the week. I'm actually good with AEs. I think my AE is going to be Andrew Fafita, who is like a, a 30. So that's not too bad. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'd take, yeah. I'd, I'd VC Cleary too, and I'd, I'd take it. I am leaning towards trade 380. It's yeah, ballsy. I mean, there's times to go aggressive. I sort of did it at the start of the year just to try to build bank. And people sort of say to you, oh, you're going to regret that in the long run. And I'm like, no, because I'm going to pull back. You know, there's times to go hard. And I think, you know, it's just making that decision whether you think Teddy's not it this year, Manu's going off and, you know, their drawer is opening up. But still, you know, we can't forget that Teddy had that knee scrape at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. He looked a little bit old and slow to me, if I'm being honest, last week. No, you're not allowed to say that. Uh, I said said Teddy looked old and slow last year and got rinsed for it on Twitter. So no Teddy (laughs) slanders allowed, apparently. Rinse me. I'm here. Uh, someone asked me to that I need to rob Sutherland up, so I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt that's Darth Vader Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. Yeah, um, you know, rinse me. But I'm gonna ho- I'm gonna be a Teddy holder. But I mean, you, you look at people who trade out. All these winners of Supercoach, they made fearless moves at a certain time in the year that made no sense to anyone else, and they did it. You know, because they knew they just went and went with their gut and did the right thing and came off. I think there'll I'm be two. Sure. That there'll be two very different moods on this podcast next Tuesday, my man. If if I pull the the trigger on the Teddy trade, I feel like you and I are going to be coming in this with very different moods. One of us will be very very happy and very smug. The other one will be, uh, I think, having some big red arrows. And the question is, which yeah. one of us will I'll it be? Like, Why did I hold Teddy? He's a bum. I can't believe yeah. Teddy scored two hundred. It was always on the cards. Um, you said you're not making any trades this week, man. Looking at your side before we wrap up, do you have any pressing issues? Like for example, with mine. Um, after the trades, no matter what trades I make, I'll be looking at still playing Max King. So I'd, I would be having to get a front row forward out for a 2RF. Uh, but the question is sort of how do I do it? I personally think two trades for me next week, barring injuries, I should be good. I would. I was thinking someone like a f- for more out. I know that's controversial, but the break even this week is 25. 
might mm. go up next week depending on how he goes with tries. So I could go Fermore out. Um, oh, sorry. I've got some more issues. I've got Tago in my 2RF as well. So I'm going to have to try and do what I can to get Tago out. Uh, we could even go someone like a Sean Russell out, Tago down, um, and try and get Brody Jones in somehow. I don't know how we'll do it, but yeah. What about you? Do you have any pressing issues in your team? I know you're holding trades, but like in a perfect world, how would you set your team up moving forward? Yeah, well, I've got to play Max King this week. I'm happy with the two Kings. It's going to be 40, you know, probably from Max King in the front row. You know, if you're lucky, you'll get 60 out of Josh King. I'm okay to do that because Haas is only one week. Down in the center wing, you know, there's no Billy Smith, which is a, I've still got Cobbo who looked okay last week. I'm not going to play him this week. I'm going to play Cooler over him. Uh, but, you know, I've got Violia uh, and Cooler and Cobbo on my center wing bench. I want to start, I want to get an upgrade in there to get a, a Graham or Campbell a Graham Manu, or Lomax or someone, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, holding fire this week and, yeah, I get a firm or he's starting to get to the end of his, uh, you know, money making. He's going to, you want to get him up to someone. You want to get him to who you want. And that's what I'm going to be doing. I, I mean, I've got Tago and May down in my center wings. I've got firm up in my second row. So uh, I'll, I'll be looking to move him on in the upcoming weeks. Hopefully he makes a little bit more money. But, yeah, I just want to beef up the center wing. You know, these cheapies are not sort of going up hugely because I'm not going to sell May or Otago, am I? They're doing their job perfectly. and You could almost hold them for the whole year at the way they're going if, if uh, May holds his spot. So, yeah, it's just those other two positions. Yeah, that's um, why. Penasini's that- doing a job, but he's not going to be a – you know, end of the year job for me. That's why I, uh, I guess I spent the money on, on Daniel Tupo. I just wanted to have at least one staple there that I could count on. Um, but one more question that you just brought up and it's off the run sheet, but when do we pull the trigger on Kevin Naguama? Is it too risky with Tawali waiting in the wings or is it, is he one of those guys that we're just going to have to miss? Or if you like, obviously for you, you're in a situation where you can't just trade out Smith to Naguama and then bring in Swally whenever it happens because you've bombed too many trades. But these guys that are being yeah. conservative with their trades, can they look at bringing in Naguama and then flicking him onto Suwali, or is it just a death trap waiting to happen? Yeah, I would, you know, I think Cooler's less of a risk because he's a cheaper price. You know, we've already seen Des play his hand that he's above the in the pecking order on Tupaludo anyway. So, you know, there's just too many issues there. Is it Momorowski? Is it Suwali? Is it Billy Smith? Is it Ke- Kevin Naguamo? There's only two spots and there's four players there. Uh, you know, so I, I would just be so petrified that you'd get him. And he's not even a guarantee this week. Isn't Suwali in the outside squad? He's, yeah. he's been named in the... So, I don't know. I just wouldn't be. I'm, I can't play that risk because you'd just be sitting there kicking yourself if Naguama is a late out or he's not in the team next week because they just want to give Suwali one more week or whatever, or Billy Smith. It'd just wreck you. Yeah, no, I, I very much 100% I'm, I agree. Um, as always on this podcast, we hang back for 10 minutes or so, answer some questions from YouTube. Uh, but for the audio audience, I very much thank you for listening to me. I've been the host of the Dual Position Podcast. I've been the SC Whisperer, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence, joined by uh, Adriana Soros. Where can we find you, mate, if people want to go check out your stuff? Yeah, you can find me on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you just look up Supercoach by Adriana Soros, you'll find me in there. I do lots of different content, lots of question answering, a bit of funny stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously you find the podcast, which I do on a Sunday night in there. Definitely. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the round six. Round six. Jeez, it's uh, it's flown by. We're gonna, a, blink, a blink of an eye on Origin will be around the corner, mate. And I cannot wait. Um, yeah. yeah. 
round round six preview done. I reckon it's a very, very tricky week, a very stressful week. Um, but for now, for the audio, uh, we will talk to you on Sunday when I will be on Monday, Monday morning. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I've been the SC Whisperer. Uh, have a great week. Um, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 